All right. Welcome, everybody, to Way of the Truth Warrior. My name is David Whitehead, and I am excited for today's show. I actually kind of made a bit of a mistake on it. I had booked two of my good friends, Joel and Erasmus, from Here for the Truth. And I got so absorbed in this project that I just randomly took on and just put together over 13 hours yesterday <laughs> uh, that I kind of forgot about it. So sorry, gents, but here's what we're going to do. I have a little documentary that I've put together. I'm calling it The Canadian Truckers Were Right. Um, and you can be the judge after you watch the film. But after that film, it's about 34 minutes. I'm going to bring Joel and Erasmus on. And Joel has actually got some experience winning in court for fines that he received for simply going to the beach in Australia. So we're going to learn about that. And those two gents are totally just awesome guys. So we'll have a nice chat after this. So stick around after the film and I will be putting the film out by itself. So you guys can check it out, share it, download it, do what you want. Uh, I think this valuable. I put uh, a lot of work into it um, because I was just getting so frustrated with all of this lying from the media and these politicians and all this inquiry clown show going on. Although I'm hoping we get some positive things out of that, like maybe, I don't know, the truth of what really happened. That would be nice. But if we're not going to get the truth from the bought and paid for lamestream media, and if we're not going to get the truth from our selected politicians who are clearly working for something else other than the people of this country, um, then we have to take it on board and we have to find creative ways to use art, to use media, to use our voices, to use the information that we have, to put the information out there so that at least it gets to be out there. Because otherwise, who writes the history books? Right? And as we're experiencing this, isn't it interesting to ask yourself, how many things in history have we been told about from the same kind of sources that would tell the history that I'm about to show you, but they would tell it in their way and they would never show you the kind of history I'm going to show you? How many times has that happened before in our history? How many times is it still happening now? So we've discussed this a lot on my show. If it's your first time joining me, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Um, and what I'm going to do is uh, play this documentary right before. I, I want to actually just give my own testimony of where I was at and what I was doing during this convoy. Um, those of you who followed my channel for a while, uh, you, I did not um, hide where I sat on any of those issues. And I live out in British Columbia, beautiful British Columbia born and raised in Canada. Um, and, you know, both my families have war veterans on their side, right? And I was always raised to respect other people, judge people by the content of their character, um, try to have the best integrity of character that I could have, and to love my country and realize how unique Canada is and how unique our Charter of Rights is and how unique the people are here. And, are, you know, and um, so when I started to see what was happening and I've been documenting it myself on my channel right from the beginning of the whole pandemic, since they announced it, um, I just started to collect information and interview doctors, experts, whistleblowers, police officers, uh, paramedics, nurses, you know, historians, you know, trying to get into understand of what's really going on and to present the other side that wasn't being presented in the media. And in fact, because I started interviewing some of these guests, 
I lost all my mainstream social media channels, my Facebook, my YouTube, my Spotify, my PayPal, everything, uh, literally just for being branded as uh, some kind of a member of a small fringe minority, just because I was advocating for the founding principles of my country and the actual charter rights and international human rights that were being violated. And so um, that's why I went and I went, wow, we have to do something in this country. So what I did was just use my platform to keep putting the information out and let you, the person watching, I trust your intelligence that you can make up your own mind. You can look at information, you can think for yourself and you can make up your own mind. And I think that uh, I, I trust you more than I trust the, the big Google, you know, operation going on to censor the discussion. And so at the very least, we want to have a discussion. And one side of this whole discussion in our society that just happened as a result of the pandemic, but had been boiling beneath the surface for quite some time. One side was censored and one side was promoted. And then it was beyond not having the other side being told to the general public so that they could make up their own minds. Um, it was an all, all out war over the narrative, over the information and over the truth about what's really going on. You know, can they, they kept saying, trust the science, well, which science, because I've got scientists that are highly esteemed that say something completely opposite from the government Pfizer world health organization narrative. So what do we do? Well, we usually have an open discussion in a free society and that didn't happen. And so it led to. Uh, the start of many groups in Canada, many people in Canada made up of all different levels of people started writing their MPs, started uh, introducing cases in court. Cause you know, if you can have it heard in court, we can actually sit and have a, you know, a Matlock episode with all the evidence on the table for once, that would be nice. Um, and then there were people that tried to do these little pots and pans protests, these little uh, rallies, uh, speeches, playing documentaries, trying to spread awareness, all the things you do in a free society when you don't agree with what the government's doing or even if you don't agree with what the mainstream populace in your country is doing and we did all of those things peacefully trying to extend a hand educate people have a discussion let's have a debate let's keep it friendly that's what a free society is all about we don't have to agree all the time and uh especially when it's a question like this where it's not just some fringe group of hillbillies somewhere that believe the government's always lying to them. We're talking uh, scores of scientific data now, evidence that's right in front of your face, experts all over the world, thousands of scientists signing on to the Great Barrington Declaration, other types of little groups of doctors and experts coming together, you know, frontline doctors, frontline nurses, all these organizations. Why, are, why do they even exist if what they're telling us is just this unchallengeable, holy writ that it comes from the gods or something, right? Like that's the way it's presented. And you're like, no, we're challenging that. We have evidence of harm. We have evidence of inefficacy. We have admittance of these things. Have a discussion with us before you make us do this. And at the very least, what the hell happened to your bodily autonomy in your country? And whether you agree with the shot or not, or whatever you decided to do, maybe next time it's your issue that the government goes, yeah, it's not your body, my choice in this particular example. Over there, yes, this one, no. And you're like, but that's the one that really means a lot to me. And the government's like, no, do it or else. There will be consequences. And to those people that say, you weren't forced. 
just go look up the legal legal dictionary definition of the word coercion. It's illegal to coerce people or use psychological pressure to make them do something that they don't want to do with, especially when you're not even giving them proper, fully informed consent. And now that we find out that this shot doesn't even stop transmission, I mean, the truckers were right. Okay. So my introduction was when I went to the local, cause don't forget, it wasn't just Ottawa. There were Patriots and families and bouncy castles and bubbles and people handing out hot, fresh apple cider and hot pancake breakfasts and lots of hugs and love and blowing kisses and singing and dancing and talking going across the entire country. And I went down to the legislation here where I live in British Columbia. I went there every weekend for months. And I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like I have to have a sip of my tea, hot tea. It's a cinnamon tea. And of course I know we were told that if you drink hot tea, that is one of the things that could be causing all of the sudden uh, heart attacks. So wish me luck if I can survive this show with y'all. Um, so anyways, I went down to the legislation. I went down, I went to potluck dinners. I went and met people all over the, the island where I live. I met some of the best people. I had some of the best conversations, people from all backgrounds, people that we probably wouldn't normally agree with on certain issues, but we came together about freedom. I met people that had immigrated here from Russia, from Romania, from Venezuela, from China that were like, you guys have to snap the F out of it. This is 100% identical to what they did in my country, which inspired my entire family to work their whole lives to come here to get away from that, only to find out that it's the same thing happening. Those are the kinds of people I was hanging out with. People of all ages, backgrounds, every job you could imagine. Most of them had lost their job, had their business destroyed, lost loved ones, never got to have funerals. I never got to have a funeral for my mother who passed away right as the pandemic was kicking off. And no, it wasn't from COVID. She had heart failure because of a lifetime of being a victim of the cult of the medics. Uh, but anyways, that's another story. Um, I lost friends to suicide during this thing. I lost my business. I had my reputation attacked. I lost my television career. I lost a lot, um, and but I never lost my pride and I never lost sight of what I believe to be the truth, or at least what it is to seek the truth, what it takes to try to find the truth. I don't think I've got it. I don't know it all. I'm not perfect. Nobody is. But you have to at least want it. You have to be at least open to seeing other sides of the story. And that's what this whole thing was about, was to start the conversation with a little bit of noise and interruption of normal life that wasn't even close to what the government just did to the entire country and the entire world to get the conversation to be had. If there's no conversation, the only step after that is violence and the destruction of your, of your country. So we wanted to do it peacefully. We wanted to do it with the spirit of love, with the spirit of freedom, with the spirit of coming together, holding a hand across the aisle saying, we don't have to agree, but we have to agree on freedom. That's it. That's it. That was the whole slogan. 
Was everybody involved in the convoy on board? Were there agent provocateurs? Of course. Were there bad apples? There's bad apples everywhere. Go to a rock concert. There's bad apples. There's pedophiles creeping people out. There's people that got those sugar pills or those little drugs they're going to put in the drinks for these date rape drugs, drugs and things like that. There's creeps and weirdos and psychos all over the world. <laughs> every In every society, in every group, in every political affiliation, in every, doesn't matter, there's always people. And yet we witnessed the largest gathering of a protest in Canadian history that went on for a long period of time in minus 40 weather that never ended up in violence until guess who shows up. And I've got the footage to show it, or at least to show you maybe some of the footage you never got to see. Because on that day, I was here with you live streaming almost eight hours. We went, I was very emotional that day. Um, but we watched what happened. We documented it because everything is documented. And so I experienced joy. I experienced connections with people in my country that I'd never experienced before. My mom would be proud. Alberta girl. She was, her family came from Holland and, uh, she would have been so proud of the truckers. And so I just saw after being in the darkest of times, if you remember how dark it was during that time last year, and out of that darkness came something that nobody expected, something that we had never thought could happen, which was people didn't always have it all completely figured out as to what it was that they knew was wrong with this, but they knew something was wrong. And it started something that was organic that we'd never seen before. And it gave me hope and it gave so many people hope. And it was the only good news at that time. And there was no good news or hope coming from the fake news media. There was no hope or good news coming from our bought and paid for politicians who have allegiances elsewhere, by the way. I'm not sure if you caught the memo on that one. Uh, go to cultofmedics.com and get caught up. Um, and so this was the best thing ever. <laughs> so, so don't try to make it seem like it's something it wasn't. And wasn't perfect, but it never is see the protests that happened all over the country that shut down our railway supplies, tore down statues, defaced monuments, violence occurring, 200 churches burned to the ground. There was no inquiry there. There was no emergency act declaration there. Regardless of where you feel the issues were lying with the people at, as a side, I'm talking about we had a peaceful protest. Yep, it was annoying. It was loud. But it's because no other way we were trying in a peaceful, democratic manner that's given to us in this free society was working to even get into the conversation room, to even have a discussion about what was going to be happening to our country, for our children, for our lives, for our businesses, for our farms, for our health, for our survival. Like, there was a lot of questions. And we even brought a science panel to appeal to Health Canada and say, hey, you guys are public paid servants. We're paying you. We're paying these guys as well because Dr. Brian Bridal's still in the payroll. 
and we're going to sit down and you guys have to have a discussion and we'll go home. We'll bring all the trucks. We'll bring everything home. Let's we extended that from day one and no discussion. Nobody shows up. So to me, that's a loss. That's an admission of failure because the truth doesn't need to hide from anything. If you, if you're really a benevolent government go, Oh guys, serious, just a big misunderstanding. We need to come right out and we're just going to sit down and we'll have some apple cider with you and we'll talk about it and we'll figure it all out and we'll, we'll, we'll clear up all the misunderstandings about science, the science that you have under the surveillance, under the surveillance of actual scientists that are, are also critical of what they're telling you. And they didn't show up to the fight. That's it. That I can't respect that. Would you? You lack the courage of your convictions, sir. That's what I say. So here we are. The convoy happened. Trudeau sent in the green shirt Gestapo. Curb stomped a bunch of Canadians. Some of the footage you're going to watch is going to be a little bit hard, but it's important because people were there, real people, people of all backgrounds were there. And I want you to, I want you to see the side they're not going to show you. I hope they get to show some of this in this inquiry, but if they don't screw them, we're going to do our own independent public inquiry into what really happened and what the solution is and maybe where the weaknesses and imperfections were so that it can be approved upon and that we can maybe get to a solution where we can come together and freedom is the mandate, not tyranny, not do it or else. That's not how we have to roll. All you got to do, present a good argument, present good evidence in a sane, rational manner that respects freedom, and we'll sit down and have the conversation. Anything short of that, you're going to get some truckers and cowboys and bikers and grandmas and moms, and you're going to get a whole country, that's a whole millions of people that are going to say, all right, we're going to make this conversation happen. And what a creative way to do it. And the only violence that happened will be evident in this film. So that's my little intro. My experience was that I didn't meet any racists. I didn't meet any misogynists or homophobes. I met actually a lot of people from the gay community. I met people from the First Nations community. I met people from the, the, the Quebec community. I met people from all the communities. There were Buddhists there. There were lawyers there. There were business people there. There were doctors there. There were nurses there. There were police officers there. Okay. It was a very diverse group of amazing people. And it was some of the best times of my life. That was my personal experience. It gave me hope in a very hopeless time. And it still gives me hope. So I hope this documentary will inform you. It's going to be a couple tearjerker moments, but I hope in the end, it also inspires you because in the end, it's truth that wins the argument. Opinions be damned. With the truth is coming out and the truth will come out. And in the end, we're going to observe it. It's going to be undeniable. And that is going to settle this discussion. Let's just hope that we can get to that point. All right. So here we go. I'm going to mute myself. I'm going to put my headphones on. I recommend the headphones. Just, you know, music is pretty good. Just saying. All right, guys. Here we do it. Let's do this. said it before a million times that I was at a point where I was giving up on Canada and I was at a point where I thought we were at the point of no return 
And you guys have given me hope. All of us hope here. You guys are giving us strength. You guys are keeping us going. And wow, we are one big team. One big national team, you guys. We got trucks coming from the Northwest Territories. I think I told you we got clan mothers coming from the Northwest Territories. We have trucks rolling out of the north of uh, Newfoundland. We got Americans coming to support. I was on the phone with an American last night who is sending his love and support, and he's saying that the entire world is watching us, and they are. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. because I come here for a peaceful encounter and right now the government and the police them is telling us that we have to leave and they're going to put us in jail. The most important thing is our children to be free. We want our children to grow up healthy and have a free mind. you're getting from the mainstream media or the liars on council 
and the mayor, please believe me, the city has never been safer. The crime rate's gone down as low as it's been in history. The streets have never been cleaner. And the snow is finally getting shoveled downtown. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate your support. Shook their hands and I spoke to them, asked them where they were from, and uh, did not see any white supremacists or any racists while I was there. It, uh, in contrary, was the opposite. People were coming together, as we should, in such a diverse, multicultural country like Canada. It's being reflected there among these peaceful protesters. Shame on you to the mayor of Ottawa, Doug Ford. I cannot believe you are supporting this negative narrative. You say on your Twitter that you're for the people you're opposite. You are a liar. Justin Trudeau, you are a liar. And I'm not going to sit by idle and allow mainstream media and the federal government to pass along this type of misinformation to my fellow Canadians who are standing up for what is right. To the citizens of Ottawa who are complaining about noise and the inconveniences, that is the price for freedom. They need to be heard. That is why they're making the noise. So this is important because um, the colleges, you know, the licensing bodies for physicians in Canada right now are really going hard at the physicians. They're dictating what, what they can and can't do with their patients. And this is very important because, uh, you know, that's obviously a problem. But one thing I want uh, people to understand is for those physicians that don't agree with the vaccine mandates and all the things that are going on right now, uh, in the context of medicine and how it's being practiced. What I want you to understand is, I understand that many of you are afraid. And that we see that. We see that among the police. While there's police officers who are too afraid to speak up because they're afraid they're gonna lose their job. Well, they're not. They have fellow police officers who are losing their job. Well, for the, our, the physicians that are out there, and I am working with many, many physicians right now, if you're afraid to speak up right now because you're worried about losing your job, you need to keep in mind that while you don't speak up, while you refuse to speak up, you have many, many colleagues who are trying to speak up or are and are actively speaking up and losing their jobs, having their licenses pulled or their licenses limited. And Canadians all over need to understand right now, if you are not currently part of the solution, then you are part of the problem. It's not okay to stay silent and not stand up right now. We need Canadians all over, especially physicians, especially among the physicians. If you don't believe in what's going on right now, you have to stand up right now and fight for the rights of your patients and for the rights of all Canadians and their freedoms. Because again, if you remain silent now, then you are complicit.
Cops, you're the only one. Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being on this side and not suited up like that. You guys know it's peaceful, man. Two of them over there to shake my hand. It's having it's having the willpower to actually do it. Safety, we're both wearing gloves. 
not safety. That's a crock of shit. So, just a lot of exactly what I thought would happen happened. They kettled them and they're going to march them down this way. People are being arrested and they're pushing back pretty hard right now. I'm stuck in the thick of it. Uh, we're being very kettled. We gotta keep moving back. Okay, they're pushing us back. Getting aggressive. This guy's getting violent. Wow, this is intense. In a rare and aggressive move, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoking the Emergencies Act to crack down on anti-vaccine mandate protests. This move allows the federal government to expand measures to clear the blockades by hundreds of truckers that are disturbing residents and harming the economy. CNN's Paula Newton is live for us in Ottawa with more. These are pretty sweeping powers allowed by this act. Tell us what's happening here, Paula. Yeah, the issue is, will it make any difference, Brianna? And good morning to you. Think about it. This city is in a state of emergency. The province is in is in a state of emergency. Now, Trudeau has called the uh, this a national emergency and has enacted the Emergencies Act. Brianna, the trucks are still here. They're saying they're going to pull licenses, insurance, even freeze bank accounts. They're pushing back very, very hard once again. Wow! Trying to stay back a little bit this time so I don't get a baton to the ribs again. At the intersection of Bank and Sparks, they pushed everybody back to and they're now kettled, as you can see. 
Oh wow. Yeah. Hey. You guys are gross. Want some water? Gross. Well, does that help? Uh, not really. Okay. Yeah. Disgusting is what it is. So uh, these guys in the green suits with no badges or no numbers or no names are uh, Sarate de Capec police. Those are the guys who were caught uh, using agent provocateurs once you may recall from some of my films where we filmed them. The agent provocateurs wearing the same police issued boots as the Quebec police. They pushed back all the protesters, kettled everybody. It started getting rather aggressive. Saw a lot of people getting injured, a lot of people getting pepper sprayed. And they've uh, formed a line again. I'll head up. Holy crap, they got horses in there. Here come the Praetorian Guards. Never gonna look at a mountain the same way in my life again. Never. Do the right thing. Let's go. Make history. Make history. Everyone show him love. Everyone spam the chat with love for this officer right here because he's reading all the comments. Everyone's reading. He's reading everyone's comments. Come on! He's reading them, guys. Come on, man. You can do it. Be the first one, and then other people will follow. No, it's the camera. It's the camera, yeah. My people love you, man. Come on. They love you, bro. Cross the line. Can't keep up with the comments that are showing support loves you. Come on. Everybody will follow you. Come on. Hey there, uh, so I'm Constable Aaron Howard, um, coming to you from Ontario, Canada. I'm just, I really wanted to give a shout out to all the truckers. I think what you guys are doing is incredible. Um, you're fighting for our rights and freedoms. Hi folks, as a police officer with 21 years of experience, I wanted to take this opportunity and reaffirm my support for the people, the people that I was sworn to serve and protect. I stand with you. I stand for freedom, and I support a return to normal. Stay safe, and God bless. 
I'm Danny Wolpert. He's a former RCMP sniper supervisor that was regularly tasked with protection of the Prime Minister. Today, on February 14th, we received information from multiple believed reliable sources that firearms may be planted in Ottawa, specifically around the Freedom Convoy, to discredit the protest and to use as a pretext to forcibly remove peaceful protesters. The thing I would like to do for the audience and anyone who's listening, um, and anyone who may listen that might be of a different opinion than me, is that I'd like to appeal to the humanity of Canadians um, so that to help them understand why so many people, you know, if you look at the current statistics from Public Health Canada, there's still 13% of the 12 and over population in Canada that haven't received a single dose. So the number's quite a bit higher, and I suspect that we only got to that 87% because of a lot of the pressure tactics that are being imposed by the government. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and then within that 13%, you're talking about first responders, scientists, like you mentioned, and, and medical professionals, you know, that are unwilling to comply with these policies and these mandates. And I can assure, I can assure people, like, it's not because we're only concerned with our personal safety and that we have no regard for everybody else. Like that we've all made a career based on the opposite of that, you know, willingly and repeatedly putting ourselves at risk for others. And I'm totally fine with that, right? Like that, that was, that was the career that I chose, but you know, people like me have put my, put ourselves in, in real physical harm's way in order to serve our communities. First responders, healthcare workers, we've been working throughout this entire period of time regardless of the associated risk, right? Because the, the population relies on us, um, especially people that are right on the front line. Like, I'm more than willing to put myself at risk for the protection of other people in this country. So I think a lot of people are still under that impression. Well, you know, you need to do your part. Well, people like us do our part all the time, and we have been our entire career. That's right. But there's something going on here with this current situation that just doesn't seem right. You know, and, and ironically, despite those experiences, uh, the same government officials are now trying to take my ability to provide an income for my family away and others like me. Bulford wants to say something. Oh my 
That's another organizer. Yeah. He's an RCMP, XR and CMP officer. Canada's Prime Minister is pandering to politics by division, stoking anger and fear. The rhetoric he used towards those Canadians who support lifting the mandate adds fuel to the fire. These are not the actions of a Prime Minister. A senior member of the Liberal caucus has publicly criticized his tone, his language and his approach to the pandemic. Will the Prime Minister act like a Prime Minister? Will he listen to the opposition? Listen to his own caucus? Will he listen to Canadians? Or will he continue with this divisive rhetoric? I have a question about vaccine choice and how you want to protect that under the Human Rights Act. I'm wondering how um, vaccine choice, um, how you see that as equal to something like race, gender, sexuality, which we protect because those are not about choices. Well, I guess the way I look at it is that the community that faced the most restrictions on their freedoms in the last year were those who made a choice not to be vaccinated. I don't think I've ever experienced a situation in my lifetime where a person was fired from their job or not allowed to watch their kids play hockey or not allowed to go visit a loved one in long-term care or hospital or not allowed to go get on a plane to either go across the country to see family or even travel across the border. So they have been the most discriminated against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. That's a pretty extreme level of discrimination that we have seen. I don't take away any of the discrimination that I've seen in those other groups that you mentioned, but this has been an extraordinary time in the last uh, year in particular. And I want people to know that I find that unacceptable, that we are not going to create a segregated society on the basis of a, of a medical choice. Yeah, that's right, truckers! <laughs> Small fringe group with unacceptable views coming to a theater near you. <laughs> the center of the storm, center of this volatile occupation. If you listen to Deputy Police Chief Bell today calling it an occupation, slipping up many times where he wanted to say it was a demonstration and correct himself because he's got to be on point with the narrative, with the government, with the bureaucrats. And they're saying, oh, we're working with uh, the three other layers of government. No, they're not working with the truckers. They're not working with the leadership to get this resolved because the politicians have no interest in resolving it. They do not speak for the people. These are compromised assets of be it pharma international communists china themselves i mean let's remember our level four lab had 22 chinese spies going in and out bringing ebola and sars one over to wuhan in 2019 but i guess if it's not on the news none of the zombies know it and really it's just about them insulting your intelligence and hoping you don't understand logic and hoping that you don't understand that we have absolutely no motivation to be violent and that trudeau and his false flaggers have every bit of reason to be false flagging and making us look like we're the worst elements ever and that we're carrying Nazi flags that have never existed, guys. It's up to you. You're the ones under the psychological torture of looking at the internet and looking at all the confidence and there's too many people that haven't thought critically in so long that they see these people on TV and their politicians that they've entrusted all their faith in on bad reasoning. They've got you 
into an experiment. You took the two shots. They're hoping they have your allegiance forever. We know they don't have your allegiance forever, and tons of people here are double vaccinated, and they know they made a mistake. So it's a moment of panic. They're hoping to just use a crackdown and get 1,800 extra officers in here. Uh, Deputy Bell said that the morale is challenged of his officers, and they're exhausted. Yes, I guess many of them have been going into the ICUs with uh, rotator cuff issues from all the high fives they've been offered and all the love that they've experienced maybe causing them some distress because they're used to communists who are normally trying to give them heck for arresting any criminal because hey everyone's got an excuse and we hate police that's the old world we don't hate police and they know it it's incredibly awkward for these orders from the top to be carried out by patriots on the ground will they do it we don't know but they don't plan on pursuing a route that gives us our freedom back they plan on pursuing a route that continually provokes us to the point where they can remove us with force. Well, guys, we're here to be peaceful. You do what you have to do, and you rest with your own consciences on the choices you make. The Health Agency of Canada confirmed media reports just before Christmas that it had secretly accessed location data for 33 million mobile devices to monitor the movement of Canadians during COVID-19. That number represents roughly 87% of the population who were spied on without any knowledge that the government was accessing their data. Public Health Agency of Canada officials were forced to admit this had occurred after a request for proposal was published with a call for interest in continuing a program of collecting data for up to five more years. They made the decision in a cabinet meeting on the Sunday evening of February 13th and on the Saturday and the Sunday of that weekend the borders had opened at Coots and Windsor. There was no border closures. And over that same weekend, myself and other uh, people involved with the Freedom Convoy had negotiated a deal at the initiation of Mayor Watson of the City of Ottawa to move the trucks and the protest vehicles out of downtown, consolidate on Wellington, and, uh, and uh, bring the downtown back to normal. And uh, so, in my view, and I think the evidence is going to show that the, it wasn't justified, there was no need for it. And the Emergencies Act's a pretty dramatic tool, to say the least. Uh, what the Emergencies Act does is it allows the government to interfere in your life without going through the normal due process. So many of my clients, many of those people involved in the Freedom Convoy, had their bank accounts frozen, they were unable to buy groceries, they were unable to put gas in their vehicles, their credit cards stopped working, they were unable to take money out of their bank accounts, their mortgage payments bounced, and so on. Uh, the order issued by the federal government, by the Deputy Prime Minister Freeland, also ordered insurance companies to cancel all of the insurance policies, including life insurance, mortgage insurance, vehicle insurance, and in, uh, ordered the securities companies to liquidate any investments that Canadians had who were on this list. So these are dramatic powers to isolate Canadians from normal living uh, and put them in a virtual jail cell financially. And in addition, what a lot of people don't understand is that under the Emergencies Act, it also gives um, the federal government powers to intrude into areas of provincial jurisdiction. It gets to override provincial government's rights. So it's a very significant tool. We've only used it historically when there's been a world war, like World War I, World War II, and then the uh, infamous FLQ crisis uh, in Quebec where there was murders and kidnappings. So um, it's, it's, this is a very dangerous precedent. If the conditions that were on the ground here uh, were uh, all it takes, then we've set a very dangerous precedent in terms of a government's ability to overreach and Canadians of their rights.
cases right now that uh, are telling us that there is uh, uh, a protection against uh, transmission of the disease. There is no variant that we have identified that escapes the protection of our vaccine. COVID to come now with a treatment of 90% effectiveness, you know, personally makes me a lot very proud about uh, And we know that um, the, three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection. It is necessary a fourth boost right now. The, the protection that you are getting from the third, it is uh, good enough, actually quite good for hospitalizations and deaths. It's not that good against infections, but it doesn't last. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. For you, Mevrouw Small, have I the following question, where I want a clear answer. And I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? No, uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. don't realize that I've been speaking up about this and I've been expressing concerns for two years now. A lot of you don't realize I, I was interviewed by W5. I was interviewed on the West Block. I was interviewed by Global News. I was interviewed by CBC National News. They were coming to me. They wanted to hear my opinion. Now, none of them will talk to me ever. I haven't changed. They're the ones that changed. The world has been flipped upside down. All I've been doing is the job that I've been asked to do and that you as taxpayers pay me to do from the very beginning. I want to say something. This is this. I am I, this is horrible. These people haven't shown up. I'm a professional, they're professionals. They need to realize this is actually their job. This is actually, you're paying them. They, 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 wouldn't, they wouldn't even respond to us. We didn't even receive the uh, the, the respect of even being responded to. The the, the, the attitude that, that our public health officials have and the leaders, the, the power brokers, when it comes to public health, uh, this, is, this is disgusting. We wouldn't accept this from elementary school children, this kind of behavior. And you have to start asking the question, how good are your champions? What do they What do they actually have stepping in the arena? Why? All those that you, you want to attack us and you want to push this narrative, you want to say we're wrong, where are your champions to back you up? 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You don't have them. And this is frustrating. This is frustrating for me as a scientist, okay? Because what you need to understand is, and, and, and this is coming from the top down, from our, like our prime minister. I'm sorry, it's an embarrassment. We have the right to ask these questions of these individuals. That's the whole point. As the Canadian public has the right to have these questions asked. And people have to start wondering why are these leaders, including our prime minister, ignoring these questions, refusing to answer these questions. guys can hear me okay Whew. wow so many emotions going through that um i apologize i forgot to turn the high quality sound setting on and restream so it was a little bit tinny but i'm the picky one because i created it so when i upload the raw file of the doc it will sound the way it should nice and full nice and bassy surround sound um that's just the way i wanted it to be but it was still pretty good i hope you guys enjoyed it um I can't watch that without shedding some tears every single time. It's just, I went through an emotional roller coaster going through all that footage and um, I've got boatloads more. So possibly we'll do some more on this, especially as this hearing quote unquote is uh, going on for, I think like six weeks. So PPC said sounded good. Yes. Yes. Oh, I know. I'm the picky one though. I've got that ear where I'm like, it wasn't quite the surround I intended. So if you could share out the, uh, raw documentary in its full glory. That would be amazing. I really appreciate it. And I will be uploading that as soon as the show is done. But let me go ahead and bring in two brothers from other mothers that I'm very glad are here. And I'm very sorry I messed all the dates up. But uh, these are two fine gents. And I like talking to fine gents about subjects like this. So let me go ahead and bring them in. There he is. Joel and Erasmus from here for the truth. What's up, guys? How you doing? <laughs> doing good, bro. For you, how's my internet connection? Oh, because I, no, you know, hold on, it's not you, it's me. Try now. You know, issue here in Topanga, I can hear you. California. Yeah. No, I can hear you. It was me. I was muting. I had my other computer muted. You can all hear well, me, man. though. Yeah, yeah, yes, got you, got you. Okay. Let's start this again. Joel and Erasmus from Here for the Truth. They're here in Truth Warrior. I'm so glad you guys are here. Welcome. Thanks, man. Pleasure to be here, bro. You're a beast, man, you, creating documentaries relentlessly. Hours. I, I need an outlet. The degree of work that goes into that, dude. Like, kudos to you, oh, man. Like, incredible my stuff, My eyes are bro. still sore. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Because you would agree. We've talked about this before, actually, that uh, you can't repress your frustration, your anger, your sadness, your despair, your happiness, your joy, your everything. You can't suppress it. You got to express it. Yeah. And I learned a long time ago that for me to stay sane, I need to hang a punching bag in my garage and I yep. need to have a piano in the corner. I need to have lots of books and I need to have a, an ability to like make something out of this trauma, right? Like that's, yep. that's what I was trying to do. And I've seen so many other people do it 
And I think this is how we fight the system. This is how we fight the fake news, you know? You just said Absolutely, man. That, I couldn't uh, agree can you, more. Can, can you hear me at all? I feel like I'm a little dim and I hear you. I think there's a touch, I can't there's a hear touch you. of delay. Or... There's a slight delay, you're asking us? Maybe, uh, I don't know if you have the evil Google Chrome, but it for some reason works really well with this. Or you have Brave. Brave could work. I'm on Safari right now. Now, that's why here. safari is the culprit all right let me, yeah if let me you jump out of safari right, and yeah. open up in either yeah firefox or something like that okay and then just pop back in all cool right, joel good opportunity yeah, brother to um well, first of all any comment anything you you know you watched the thing you, you saw the trucker convoy you're in australia you guys yep. had your own little you had protests going on you had all you've been on that side so maybe Give me your take on what you saw in the with the trucker convoy and then what's going on in Australia and just your overall feeling of it all. Well, my overall feeling of it all is that I think it's very important what you've done here because many people quickly forget how intense it actually was and what we actually went through. You know, kind of now that, you know, the 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 curtain cinemas have, you know, closed again for a for a short period of time. I think people are quickly to forget how painful that reality actually was and the intensity of what everyone really experienced. Um, I didn't get the chance to watch all of the documentary, but you know, as, as you know, uh, Canada and Australia are very much cut from similar cloths. Um, Identical, so... actually. <laughs> <laughs> So from what I saw, man, it definitely echoed a lot of um, the feelings and the sentiments that were taking place here. I mean, many people in Australia for a long period of time thought that, you know, we might as well get accustomed to life the way that it was, the way that it became. Um, you know, we, we went through extreme periods of curfews and not being able to, you know, exercise very, very basic rights um, of freedom and liberty, which I was fined for on multiple occasions myself, man. Um, yeah, so tell me your story. So got, let me set this up. So you's, we're already here yeah. and I'm so glad it works out perfectly that we sort of double book today because um, Joel has had fines for, I think, just walk, taking a windy walk by the beach or something. And then you went to court, you fought, like, tell this story, brother. Yeah, man. So I received three fines in 2021, one in early 2022. So one was for attending the major Sydney protest here. And I was fine because I was outside my curfew zone to go to Sydney. I live a little bit down the coast. Um, the second was for being gathered in a group of two or more at my at my local park. We decided to have a family picnic, a few cut up carrots and some cucumbers, and we were swarmed by twelve police officers for the dangerous criminals that we were, for you know, for breaking breaching this exercise only curfew. And deciding well, to have were a those your cucumbers though, Joel? I mean, it could have been that you totally jacked them from <laughs> Dan Andrews' place or something, right? <laughs> Could have been, could have could have been bad, but either way, obviously, you know, we're breaching very, very, very. Um, it's a, it's a very dangerous territory there. The third one was for not wearing a mask inside my local shopping center. Um, and yeah, man, it's just so okay. ridiculous. These were thousands of dollars of fines combined. My wife received one of these fines as well. And yeah, like I mentioned, man, twenty twenty one was intense here. Like there were points where many thought we would never like escape from from what it was many thought we might even be able to travel again you know we're getting used to it and so as a result the police visited my house multiple times um regarding those fines there was a lot of harassment involved for me just sitting in the park for me just leaving my house they were constantly scouring my social media in the briefs of evidence i received from the police regarding the hearings there were screenshots from my instagram about me being out as evidence 
of oh my, my said breaches, you know? So even in my local area, I became a target on their list very, very, very quickly. And when you first receive the fines, like it's, it's super frustrating, man. You know, like you didn't do anything wrong. Like I left my house, so to speak. And many people got fined, thousands of people. And I think most people are disempowered. Um, uh, so they either just pay the fine or they pay a lawyer um, to fight it for them. But for me, like, obviously that wouldn't feel good. You know, all I did was leave my house. All I did was sit in the park. So I ended up exploring my options, man. And ultimately I knew those were outcomes which I didn't want for myself. So I started investigating, started going through the process of learning what I needed to learn. You know, I think self-efficacy is very important. So I could feel empowered and confident in going to court and defending myself and not just rolling over um, or not just getting out and bending the knee and being like, oh, yes, sir, sorry, sir, I won't happen again, sir, kind of thing. Um, so, so this was an empowering man, experience yeah. for you, George. This, this maybe describe how yeah. that really helped you step into your own personal power by knowing, hey, if I go and learn about these laws and yep. what mechanisms do exist in the legal system, and I just yep. learn how to use it the way they're using it, I just got to go play this game and to learn that and then do it and succeed. I mean, what's that got to feel like? It felt absolutely incredible, man. When I was standing in court and they withdrew, you know, that was like, I was so hyped. It was a rush, rush of blood to my head. It felt, felt incredible. That's the crux of it. Like, as you know, man, for me, it comes down to self-esteem. Am I competent and am I capable of meeting the challenge of life? And I think that's the reality we, we all have to face. We can't deny these painful, pain, painful realities. These things happen. And so, you know, I'd learned what I needed to learn. I had the conversations I needed to have because I refused to go in there blind. My fear was a result of my ignorance. So I chose to walk a path of knowledge and back myself, man. And it was very nerve wracking stepping up, going into court, hearing evidence, talking to the prosecutor, yeah. talking to the magistrate. Um, but at the end of the day, it was the most rewarding experience ever. And I've changed immensely as a result from the person I was before I went through this entire ordeal, this entire process. And really, I just implore everyone, you know, as, as an individual to stand up for yourself, do what you need to do to, you know, to defend your honor, to not breach your own integrity and to stand up for inherently just what, what, what we all know is right. And I feel like even if we compromise on that level, then we're more inclined to compromise again. And now as a result of the process I've been through, you know, I feel far more empowered to do it again. Should I find myself in another, in another similar situation? should this arise again? So yeah, it was an incredibly transformative process. Um, yeah, man, I'm proud. What can I say? You know, even in, in the last hearing when I won and I walked out, the, walked out of the course, there was paparazzi there snapping, trying to make a big deal over this delinquent who refused to follow public health orders. Um, you know, but and then you're like, that. here, take my album. <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because you you, you're still doing your music, eh, Joel? Man, music's on the back burner a bit at the moment. Um, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a big period of my life and it was something, you know, that I'm always going to be passionate about. But at the end of the day, you know, growing up as a, as a man, I realized that, you know, the boyhood dream of that feeding my family is not going to be the case immediately. So I guess I'm just walking different entrepreneurial avenues at the moment and providing myself with the proper foundation stability. So then in the future, I can go express my creativity purely without, you know, having the whole burden of having to make an income from it, so to speak. Right. I received right. a lot of success, you know, through music, through making conscious hip hop in terms of reach, in terms of audience. But at the end of the day, man, I've got, I got two kids now. So um, taking a little detour to find myself back there. <laughs>
Oh, I know how you feel. I've had to do it myself in many ways, but uh, the man does great music. I actually featured one of Joel's songs. I believe it closed out chapter five or six, six. I think it was six. Yeah, um, just asking. And it was, it was a great one. Great song. Well, we got your Asimus here. Let me just see. And Joel, actually, if you wouldn't mind maybe restarting your connection as well, it's good, but there's a few little clickies happening on the sound. Um, sure. Try a different browser, browser. Maybe just jump out, come back in. It might okay, help cool. it. We'll okay, and I'll bring your Asmus in for a second. No worries. Very cool, very cool. Your Asmus, there you are. You're outside getting some vitamin D, which is essential for your immune system to thrive. Welcome to the show. Uh, what's up, bro? It's so good to be here, man. And yeah, I figured I'd try outside and see if the internet was better. I have like a different internet connection here and, you know, just trying it to go better. with the flow, All right, good. And you look so healthy and happy and like, what a great thing to see after what we had to watch. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel great, man. I feel happy. Also, I just came back from a, a week in a way. There's this uh, like sovereign soul gathering called Music and Sky that Sophie and I went to speak at. We did a couple talks and there was just amazing art, music, great speakers in the health and freedom community at this beautiful venue in Southern California. And uh, it was just beautiful to see people come together and connect in, in, a, in, a, in a deep way and everyone just kind of doing their thing and giving their gifts. I loved it. It was so much fun. That's awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. There's a lot of great events popping up where I live too. And I think they're good to get out, especially when you got kids, I bring the kids out and they're always uh, playing yeah. in the mud, which is good. Um, but first reaction to uh, maybe tell your bit about what you've seen with Joel uh, going through this experience with the law and maybe some of what you've gone through over this whole pandemic situation and then, you know, you, I'm sure you tuned into what was going on with the truckers and there was protests in California. There was protests all over the States and all over the world that's been popping up, but what's been your experience with it and, and where do you see things right now? I know it's a lot, but yeah, it is a lot. Well, uh, let me just talk it. about Joel first. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously having a brother from down under going through, going through that, like it was ridiculous because I didn't really have to experience that here. Uh, where I lived, obviously Southern California and Los Angeles in general kind of went insane too, but we're in a bit of a bubble where we're at. Um, but to see him do that and not succumb and not just be like, okay, I'll just pay the fine and deal with it. And then for him to go up and realize that they don't really have anything on you. You know, this, there's nothing, um, I would say no legal backing. And so when you go there and you stand on two feet and you speak as a man and, and you share what needs to be shared, I feel like they can't do anything about it. And so I didn't get too deep into it, obviously, but obviously Joel's three and O against the, uh, the, the police against the government. Oh, I think yeah. he has one, I think he's, he's got one more coming up. Um, but I mean, obviously being in a, in a highly liberal area in Los Angeles, you know, when this all started and I just, I just knew it was a scam from the end of February, 2020, you know, and, and just being here and just seeing everyone, you know, double masked up early on and people jumping in the middle of the road, you know, when I'm walking down the sidewalk and not wearing a mask and people looking at you and, and saying shit to you. And it's just like, is it's amusing, you know, almost getting kicked out of stores. But, you know, I just um, we ended up moving from where we were in Santa Monica, which is a highly a more dense area to a place called Topanga Canyon, which is uh, we are kind of in nature and surrounded by nature and, you know, have a little oh, bit more nice. space and land. And we just kind of did our own thing. You know, we both work from home. So that helped. And we we focused on building community i mean that was what it was once we moved here we started having our own little like underground freedom gatherings uh and and bringing people to come here and it was like friends of friends and some people who they were the only people in their friend group and their family group that had 
views against the mainstream narrative and they were completely isolated and they thought there was no one out there that thought like them. And so to come to a place and have 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 people like hugging, laughing, dancing, eating healthy food, being in nature was really beautiful. And it was really a blessing that my wife and I were able to provide that uh, our home as a hub for that. And uh, I've met such incredible people. Amazing opportunities came from that. And uh, I mean, when you stand in your truth and you understand health and you do the things you want to do and not live in fear, amazing miracles can happen. And, and we've witnessed it. You know, I've, I've witnessed so many people like come together and their lives change and, and just have and just feel more empowered. And so that's kind of where we've been at. You know, we've been doing our thing. Obviously, Joel and I met through this process. You know, we, Sophie and I came on to Unslaved. You know, so grateful for that. Joel saw our episode, was like, yo, that I love what you guys are talking about. We connected and I realized he was just a brother from from another, like you you said when you uh, introduced us. And we both were just like, yo, we want to do more. We want to speak truth. We want to be a platform of education to to inspire people to go, listen, you have a mind, you know, you, you, you're a curious individual, use it. And so we just said, listen, let's, let's use our combined. I mean, I'm on the East, East one side of the world. He's on the other side of the world. And we have a love of truth um, and knowledge and grounded knowledge and embodied knowledge, just not crazy out there. Woo woo shit. Like we really just want to, to provide a platform to, to have people to go to, you know, another way, cause we're all doing our thing, man. You know, like we're all doing yeah. our little piece of it. And it's like, it spreads like wildfire, uh, wildfires. There's a, there's a ripple effect that happens. And so, and at the end of the day, we're, we can, the thing is we can share similar information on different platforms, but also the vessel through which it comes through. Like you're different, Dave, you're an individual, you're a unique being. There's no one like you. There's never been anyone like you. And there's no one going to be anyone like you in the future. And the same goes for each of us. And so one of the biggest things that we focus on in our work than that, what we do and something I've focused on for a long time is like, can you, can you tap into that uniqueness? Can you know yourself on the deepest levels? You know, can you separate from those parts of you that have been conditioned to conform, to be like what your mom and dad said, to be like what, you know, your teachers said and society says, and just really allow that individuality to like, to come out um, and then go from there. You know, and, and I think it's so beautiful right. to witness that. And so that's what we've been about. Um, that's my focus. And I love it, man. I love seeing people live their bliss, do the things that light them up and excite them. And when that happens, the, the, that's how the world is going to shift, in my opinion. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Yeah, I agree. And it's so good you're in, in that mindset. And you guys have been doing some really great shows, great subjects, diving down a lot of rabbit holes and um where's the show now and what is some recent big shows you've done and what do you have coming up well we uh we had this uh really this really cool guy from uh, i think canada i believe who came on and to talk about the occult history of the royal family <laughs> uh i'm not sure i think i think he used, he goes by the truth warrior or he was he's David an Whitehead. imposter David, David, he's Whitehead. An david whitehead is his name i think he's the guy messaging you on my telegram channel pretending to be me to sell you crypto and by the way <laughs> i don't dm on telegram unless you're like one of the five people that i do um and so i'm not messaging you to sell you stuff and go yeah. hey patriot welcome how's it going that's all bots they're imposters but anyways i think yeah, yeah you guys, I, I came on your show and it was a blast you guys are always fun to talk to bro yeah, that, yeah. that's on track to be one of our biggest episodes ever actually man it's blind up that one really yeah, yeah bro. No on, yeah. on the back end, it's top yeah. five, I think. 
Sweet. Yeah. And our, our mutual friend uh, and your fellow Canadian, although he lives in Mexico now, Jason Kristoff, loved it. And he shared oh. it to all his people. He like he put it at the top of his newsletter. Yeah. I got to yeah, get back, J- Jason, back on. I keep, this is what's weird. I keep going on podcasts and they go, we just had Jason Kristoff on and he can't stop talking about your docuseries and all this. Oh like, yeah, he does. What a cool dude. Like he posted yeah. on his forums and stuff. Maybe he's helping me get some of these views. He's in it, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and he's just great. So I'm like, I keep, I keep hearing the whispers. Yeah, Jason Kristoff, you know, he speaks very highly. So thanks, Jason. Let's get you back on, brother. You got to come back. Yeah, on, yeah. So. He's a legend, man. He's been at it for a long time, too. And, you know, he's yeah. built such a great audience. And he's, he's hardcore and blunt. And I love it, man. I love, I love what he's doing in the world. And, I mean, he's had an impact on my life, too, just in terms of how relentless he spoke truth on Facebook and still continues to do it. So that's what mm-hmm. it is, man. It's like iron sharpens iron. You know, we, 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 we kind of get inspired by other people. And we go, listen, what kind of man do I want to be? And, um, and that's how it's been for me. You know, I was like kind of on the sidelines for a little bit back in the days, like, like absorbing knowledge, taking things in sharing it out a little bit. And then it got to a point where it was like, fuck that man. Like I'm here just to, to, to do my part, you know, to, to lead by example, to speak my mind. If people don't like it, if, if like old friends from high school want to unfollow me, you know, or tell me I'm evil and a baby killer for talking about vaccines over the years, then that's so be it. You know, I'm here. The sun is shining on my face. I get to spend time with you, amazing human beings. I love my life. So fuck it. And how did you survive this long, Erasmus? How, I, how's that even dude, possible? Bro, you know, honestly, man, science. bro, I wake up every morning and I'm like, I, I'm just, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that I'm still alive. It is a miracle that my 92 year old father is still alive and he's only had one vaccine in his life which was a flu shot that almost put him in the hospital 30 years ago you know i don't know how he survived through this covid mania even flying from newark to los angeles back to newark to greece back to newark on planes you know i don't know how he's still alive it's it's a miracle it's the mediterranean diet man you guys eat a lot of olives and garlic and uh i love mediterranean food it's super healthy well he definitely again this is where he goes you go into like the foundations you know like his foundations he grew up on an island there they weren't surrounded by emfs you know he's also very resilient you know i'm a huge advocate of like how resilient is your nervous system because you can get impacted by life events that your body adapts to and impacts you so like are you living in fear? Are you living in worry all the time? Do you think shitty thoughts about yourself 24-7? You know, like mindset and resilience is huge in terms of staying staying healthy. And my dad yeah. is like a pretty resilient, like stoic Greek man who's just like been through it. Amazing. I mean, he's 92. When he was 13 years old, the, uh, the Germans occupied the island of Kefalonia, where my father was born and raised on. And, you know, he was with a friend and he found these flares and he set off a flare and he was he was found by German soldiers and brought back to a camp. And literally a guy came to literally he had a gun in his hand, was ready to execute my father when he was 13. And he got interrupted by another soldier. And his friend was like on a ditch, like a ravine and called out for him. My dad just turned around and jumped down this ravine to get away. So I'm here because of that. So, you know, that's pretty cool. A survivor. Yeah. Yeah, And again, fighting tyranny well joel i mean what do you think about this now where we're at because you've had direct experience being the one-man show in court uh, my sister-in-law had a very re- recent similar experience i should actually bring her on to tell this um what happened to her with a rive can right before they took it away uh, right before they got rid of it and so there's all these people out there 
that are, everybody's trying to think, well, what's the solution, right? And I, I'm not asking you to give us the solution, but um, what do you think would be the best shot at it being that, you know, we've got big court cases coming up of people challenging the policies of government throughout the pandemic and also other, there's other things as well. Um, but do you feel like maybe some good advice for people is to start thinking as an individual in that court and learning how to represent and defend yourself? Or do you see more of a group action in that front is better or maybe a bit of both? Like, how do you see that solution? Man, um, from all the tragedy that's come as a result of, you know, the whole scamdemic, personally for me, like, you know, this might sound, you know, whatever, but it's been the greatest blessing of my life um, in many ways um, because the trajectory of my life before 2020 was still had a level of inauthenticity to it. I was still doing things to please other people. Um, I was still doing things that didn't really light me up. Um, I wasn't aware of how capable I actually can be when I stand in my truth, when I speak my truth, when I'm willing to lose friends, willing for people not to like me. Um, so for me, reality will always present the challenge that's necessary for your personal evolution. And if you're really willing to be here for the truth and you do what's necessary and do, what it's, do what's required to meet that challenge and like your asthma said, evolve and pull that unique thread of authenticity, then like you mentioned, miracles can happen. So for me, the process is to empower yourself as much as possible as an individual with self-reliance to move all dependence and cut the cord from these systems, which from experience, based on reason, we now know will not hesitate to leverage that dependence against you, like at, at the drop of a hat. So we have this window now, we have this period of time so I just really want people to think about what are you actually doing to live as productively, as purposeful, as much in integrity as possible to reclaim power for yourself, um, you know, and it's only the empowered individual that can voluntarily work with others to come about with collective solutions. But, you know, as, as you and I know, if all of us are just sitting on our hands, hoping, waiting, wishing for the bigger group to do something about it or for some hero to come along and, you know, pat you on the back and be like, it's all going to be a right son, then nothing's really going to get solved because the reality, which we all need to face is that no one is coming. Yeah. No one's coming. Yeah. And even if they were, you. do you want to rob yeah. yourself of that experience of knowing mm -hmm. that you can do a lot more than you think? I mean, look at what, look at what one you did in you, you were in a situation where the example of the many, which is the mob or the government, that's the symbol of that is trying to tell you, you did something wrong by eating cucumbers in the park by the beach. That is evil, immoral, racist, homophobic, Nazi-like behavior. So therefore you have to pay this fine. And you went, no, screw you. I'm going to show up and defend myself and you're breaking the law and I'm going to show you. And you go in and you present an argument where they're kind of like, hey, he's not the easy lunch we're looking for. Let's just move on. We got a whole bunch of other sheep in the queue that aren't going to fight back, right? Like, But that step that you made and so many other people have made yeah. is what it takes to help inspire others to say, Hey, I actually could do it too. Like you probably didn't think before you did that, that you'd have even a chance of fighting this big black bar cult of Saturn law system, you know? Yeah, no way, man. It, it, it scared the shit out of me, the entire prospect of considering going up against authority. Like even, you know, just when the police came to my house, those few times, you know, like there's, there's, you're, you're shaky. Um, you don't yeah. know how to hold those conversations in, in the brief of evidence I received from the police. 
there were 36 individual calls from people calling Crime Stoppers reporting my attendance at the protest. And I guarantee at least 50% of those people were friends and family, you know? So talking oh about going God. up against the mob, going up against the herd, like they, they, this, this, was, this was people's mindsets. They wanted to cut you down no matter what. How could that guy leave his house and go to the protest and post it all, all over social media? Yeah, we'll show him. No, motherfuckers. I showed you, okay? I, I recognized what my capability was. I stepped up to my potential. I walked in there. I looked all these motherfuckers in the face, and I won. And the reality is that feels fucking good. I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm inspired by that, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do it again. And I am doing it again next month um, because the reality is, like your SMS mentioned, if you're living in inauthenticity, if you're standing on a lie, you're robbing yourself of the foundation necessary. And in everything that I do, in everything that I did, I never compromised on the truth. I never succumbed. I didn't try to appease anything. I didn't try to water down my argument. I said it like it was for the, for the reality that it was. And at the end of the day, it paid off for me. And I think when you're fully committed, when you're single-minded in a goal, you know, miracles can happen. Things do work in your favor, but you have to show your intent. You have to show that you're real and you got to go out there and just do the thing and follow through. And either way, whether you win or you lose, wisdom is going to be gained, your reasons are going to be enhanced, and you're going to be in a much better position to do the next thing that you need to do, to go and live your best life. Ultimately, that's all. That's what we're all here for, right? We've got one life. It's a short life. And the reality is, yes, there are evil oppressors that want you dead around us, but it is the reality. So what are you going to do in the face of it and despite of it anyway? And mm. for me, I'm going for the jugular, man. Yeah. That's, boom, mic drop. I love it. I love uh, it. Yeah, because I mean, go and you're asking chime in. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say I'm fired up hearing that talk, but then it just everything that you said earlier too, and Joel saying just makes me think of of nature too. Like if you're out in nature and there's like an animal there, and like you run away and you're scared, they're gonna sniff that. Like whether it's a a bobcat or a a coyote or or a bear, most likely. But if you stand your ground, or Christy Freeland, I mean, they're out there. You got to watch for those ones. There you go. But if you stand your ground and put out that power that you're that you're strong, they're like, they're like, I'm gonna go for an easier lunch. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna risk risk my life. And so the same thing, like what you said. And I I have a friend here who, um, uh, her son's like early twenties, but he's totally on the same page. And he's in college and surrounded by wokeness left and right. And he's just not having any of it. And he's reached out. He's emailed the legal department and they just like ignore him. They don't want to deal with him. They just let him do his thing because it's like they'll just go after the people that aren't causing causing trouble. You know, they don't most people don't want confrontation. Most people are just like, um, OK, I'm supposed to just like check a box and put it in my file. And there's a glitch in the matrix. What's going on? Uh, 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 I don't want to <laughs> deal with this person. OK, like, let's go on to that. Sure. He can just walk in places without a mask and he doesn't need to get the jab. OK, cool. Great. Moving on. That's what I found. Yeah, and it's because there's not a foundation of, of people being taught these principles. Most people aren't even taught about the law. Do you know how many times I was going to... Oh, is that a trucker? Oh, airplane. <laughs> no, that might be airplane over me right oh, now. I thought it was a longhorn. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so I was saying something relevant. What was Most it? people aren't taught these, these principles. Uh, most people aren't. Thank you. Most people aren't taught these principles because... Uh, you know, and with that lack of knowledge, they don't even have the instinct to go look up the laws of the land, right? Like when I was at the protests, I would talk to some of the people that were bringing the FU signs and the, 
you know, freedom, you know, signs and stuff. And I would try to like have a conversation. You would see me trying to go hug these people. <laughs> you just see them run away from me trying to give them a hug or high five or something. They're just like, no, like it was so crazy. But I kept trying to talk. And once in a while, I would meet somebody and I would just ask them. I'm like, okay, regardless of your opinion and my opinion, what's the opinion of the law of this country? Like, I don't care what anybody's opinion is. And I'm sure you don't care what my opinion is, but the opinion we're supposed to care about is what the law says, right? So if I can show you in the law where the law is being broken, and then I prove to you that what we're dealing with is the highest law of this land, then why do you have a problem with me challenging what I feel the government to be doing, which is to break that law? Like, what's the problem with me challenging it? Wouldn't that benefit you, even though this might not be your issue? Because... This is about like you heard the lawyer or people watch the doc, that lawyer uh, who was saying that um, they, they're using uh, these measures that are like war powered measures to literally give the government the power to do things against you that they otherwise can't do. Like they can get around all the checks and balances that protect you from the government. And that's a problem because you, you start pulling out the history. So what I'm saying is that People are not knowing who they are. They don't understand the inner constitution. We've talked mm -hmm. about that, the concept of an inner constitution. Um, and they don't then even know about the laws that are there. What do you think, maybe quickly, Joel, about the people that would feel hopeless in going into the, the legal system because they think it's just all corrupt. It's so corrupt. There's never, there's no way to win. Yet here you've won. What would you say to those people? Well, ignorance is blinding, you know, no one, no one can fight a battle in the dark. No one can fight a battle in, in, in ignorance. And even prior to your point, most people don't even believe in their own capacity to learn something and to absorb information and to be changed as a result of it, you know? So we just really have to start turning up the lights of consciousness again. You know, if life presents a challenge, what's the next thing that I need to do? As difficult as it may be, as much resistance as there might be to go and have the conversations and to face this reality and to figure it out, no matter how small the step is, what do I need to do? What do I need to look up? What do I need to read? And so bit by bit, we start illuminating the, the reality. We start shedding light on what's actually going on. And we start realizing that I do have more options than I think I actually have available to me. So, you know one also has to be deeply connected to their intuition, you know, but you can, someone can ask themselves, what's the next thing that I need to do? And more often than not, that, that, that there's going to be a signpost letting them know who they need to talk to, what book they need to read, what article they need to look up, just some, some level of basic understanding. But the thing is, people just, just want instant gratification. We want all the answers immediately. We don't want to do any work to get, to get the information, to get the data, to learn, to gain the wisdom. But that's just mm -hmm. not the way life works whatsoever. So put one foot in front of the other and start lighting up um, the page and start figuring yeah. out what, what it is and then act upon what you've learned. And in that action, you know, self-esteem is, is reciprocal. You're going to get feedback. You're going to grow and change as a result. And you're going to be more inclined and more inspired to take bigger and bolder actions. But we just got to get on the path. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, man, I agree with you. And, and on top of like you talked about inner constitution, on top of getting all that knowledge, like, you know, self-knowledge and healing at a somatic level, at our, at our foundational level, having a regulated nervous system. And what does an individual need to do to get closer to that, you know, so they can stand in an uncomfortable situation and have more capacity 
to hold space for the, the discomfort, you know, because um, when you go up against authority, you, all your trauma is going to come up to the surface. This comes from, from being young, being raised in a family, being raised in, in a school system where you literally had to like get a hall pass or raise your hand just to go pee. You know what I mean? Like just yep, to do yeah. these things. So it's, 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 it's deep inner work to, to, to stand in your power and, and stand in your power and be able to communicate clearly, not just stand in your power and be like overcompensate and like yell and scream and go crazy, you know, to be able to make an argument, to stand in between, to stand on two legs, not just on one leg, you know, and to, to kind of be in between and have the power and the vulnerability and the sensitivity and the depth to, to, to communicate. You know, and that's what's going to change things as well. So I think the inner healing work is really important as well. Yeah, taking back your um, sovereignty of your body with your health, because they're trying to take away your ability to choose what health measures work for you, right? So the counter to that is to not be somebody that just sits back and does nothing, but uh, in fact, becomes very proactive about their health. Health is a lifestyle. Health is an inside thing. And it starts with the mental attitude. There's so many elements that weave into it, which is why when we saw policies and the whole way that they communicated everything as being fear-based, uh, you know, lock people down, isolate them, make it worse, you know, uh, censorship, you know, just the harsh draconian nature of it. Um, and now it's all being proven to be a, a, a waste of a farce. You know, it's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. This is giving people an opportunity to see the world and themselves in a way they couldn't see before. Because it's, now yeah, they're going, wait, I just get just what they value. Yeah. What was that? Sorry to interrupt. I just said it's oh, giving cool. them opportunity to get clear on what they value, you know? And once right. you know what you value, what are the things that you're going to do to prove to yourself that you actually do value what you claim to value? If it's health, if it's truth, if it's authenticity, what, what, what are your actions speaking? Because right. if we don't act in the face of what we know is true, then we're cutting ourselves out. We're, we're undercutting the foundation. And we're our unconscious remembers all that. We're telling ourselves that we're not capable, that we don't actually value that, that we don't have that potential. So congruence is when actions align with behaviors, when right. actions align with values, right? So, well, and then, yeah, and then you need the courage to stand for it. Yeah, and and the mm -hmm. only way you can have the courage, because if you're going to live in this world, um, the whole world is going to try to make you into something that you otherwise wouldn't be it's not just the government, you know, it's not just mandates. It's not just Pfizer or Moderna. It's, it's the people around you as well. And there can be a, a harmless element of it. There can be a, a good part of that. But if you get sucked into it with a point to the point where you lose your entire identity and who you are and your confidence in who you are, then when, you know, you get a challenge like this across your door, you're not going to have this, even if you agree, even if you, or sorry, even if you disagree with what they're doing, you won't have the spine and the fortitude to stand up and resist it and to fight back intelligently. Right. And that's why I loved when I saw the trucker convoy, what I loved about it was that it was people that never went to protests. It was people that were just average folk that they, they got to get up at four 30 in the morning the next day to go and do farm work, like real hard work that all the people that were screaming at them probably don't have to do yet. They go to the grocery store and they benefit directly from that work that they never see or take part in. And then they're the ones with the judgmental, who, who are you little truckers to be challenging the big ivory towers? And it's like, are you kidding me? You know, and so I love that it was organic. It was, it was based on the entire thing was about freedom. And then they uh -huh. got called Nazis. And I just found that to be the most ironic thing in history. But we know that's how tyranny rolls. That's how, yeah. and, and you know, it's the microcosm thing too, because 
everything we're experiencing on the, the social collective level is something you could draw a correlation to in terms of experience on an individual level where, you know, we all know the little mini tyrants in our lives that we've had in the past or we have now the people yeah. that are trying to mold you and, and conform you and, and even coerce you or manipulate you. Right. Um, and so you can actually see that and learn from it and learn valuable skills as to how to deal with the big tyrants that sit at the top. Right. And, but the whole thing is a process of you evolving as a person, as a being, as a mind, as a soul. Um, I've evolved as well, even though it's been hard and it's been a lot of suffering and a lot of pain and a lot of things I would have rather not seen and, and had to go through. And I don't think we're even close to being out of the woods yet with this saga. Mm -hmm. uh, as much of that, I agree with when you were talking earlier about how this brought so many blessings to you. And I think that even though a lot of Canadians just in, and everybody around the world, people fighting for freedom around the world, but in a Canadian context, cause we're talking about it, you know, a lot of them felt defeated after the green shirt Gestapo came in and started curb stomping everybody and pushing everybody around. And yet if they understand what we're talking about, every single person that was there, there was no loss there. That was a learning mm -hmm. experience and mm -hmm. you got stronger. Yep. And now we're getting more intelligent with how to deal with government corruption and illegalities and these types of things. So take it as a lesson. And we achieved many victories. And actually now that we have it all documented, it's easier now to have this conversation than maybe when that convoy was kicking off or even in your country's boys, uh, the, the protests that were there. I think the time is ripe right now because so many people are waking up. We've had these admissions from Pfizer executives. We've had these data coming out. We've had these scientists and we've had philosophers this whole time who've been trying to help you on an individual level. So it's like, do you guys feel like What's your intuition telling you? Maybe Joel will start. Uh, sorry, Grasmus, we're going to start with you first and then go to Joel. What's your intuition telling you about where this goes next? Or what do you feel coming? Do you feel like things are going to boil up? It's going to get crazier with all this government stuff. Do you feel like humanity's waking up? There's going to be a response. Intuitively, how do you see things rolling forward? Grasmus, you first. I mean, I definitely think humanity's uh, waking up one, one person at a time. That said, I mean, I, I'm, you know, we have elections coming up here soon in the U.S., uh, midterm elections. Um, and so I'm curious to see if there's going to be any like crazy thing that happens in the world or, or in the States that's going to cause another distraction. But I, I don't think anyone can, can stop what's coming, man. Like like this, there's there's an organic process of what's mm -hmm. been going on. And there are more and more people that are just like, this is crazy. Like what's happening? They're questioning it. You know, even a friend of mine. One of my friends, um, he got completely ostracized by the, the jazz community here in Los Angeles because he was on a he was on a thread with like 60 people in the community. And he decided to say one thing about wearing um, wearing a mask or questioning it. And they just like completely excommunicated people for 20 years that he played with best friends of him. And and that was really this was the beginning of everything. And, and he has a he has a, um, a, a father that's a doctor and a sister that's a doctor. And so just imagine oh the dialogues that go there. But recently he just told me that his parents finally allowed him to just share his views on things. And his mom was like, oh, he was like talking about like Rockefeller medicine and shit going on from Germany and this and that. And his mom was like, oh, I'm very curious. Um, I'd like to maybe know more. So, I mean, I don't know where wow. his head's at. I mean, I know he, he was like, he was blaming the government. He was like, no, no, no one from Pfizer ever said that the, 
the, the vaccine didn't stop transmission, et cetera. And then he found a video of the CEO saying that exact thing. So it's like, I don't know how that ended up, but I just think like if these conversations are happening, if, if people that have been buying the narrative for so long, like there's a little crack and they're open to hearing other people's views. I, I just don't, I don't see how we go back in the dark to the degree that mm. we were, you know, thinking however many years ago. I mean, if you brought up vaccines four years ago, it was like crazy. Yeah. Like you could not bring it up. Seriously. Now, yeah. I mean, people are talking about all the vaccines, you know, just because of what happened with the COVID one. It's like, they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not bringing my kid to their well visit. Fuck that shit. You know? So yeah, or at I, least I, I want to go investigate it now, you know? Yeah. 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 So yeah. And again, you, you know, of course there's going to be that small percent, like smaller percentage. Cause I think most people aren't down with the woke shit. Most people aren't down with the narrative being pushed by, by big tech, by, by the mainstream media. But people think that's what everyone thinks because the media yeah. and the news is telling them. And then they don't have the inner strength of the Constitution to even speak their truth in their social group. So everyone was just like walking on eggshells around everyone. And you have no idea if you have allies standing across from you because you're not willing to even dip your toe in the water by, say something, by saying something potentially controversial. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, like, I think the more people have the courage and the bravery to just be like, like, just to say something. I'm not saying everyone has to start a podcast. I'm not saying everyone has to be on the front lines, like waving placards. But just even in your little bubble, in your social group, in your family, saying one thing, you know, what does that do? You know, because you need you need to have the experience. You need to have the conflict. If everyone is just walking on eggshells and no one's talking about certain things, changes are going to happen. Creativity yeah like amazing things happen through conflict, you know? So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I definitely feel like good things are happening. And I don't know, amazing things are happening in my life. And so I'm excited about that. And so uh, maybe there are other people where they're feeling the same exact thing. And you know what? Also, like, I don't, there's just a part of me that does not care what the psychopaths are doing. Like there is a part of me that's like, I care about what I'm creating with people that share my values and the world we're creating. So it's kind of both things, you know, like I do care, obviously we talk about the things that are happening, but in my day to day, I'm, I'm also focused on what am I building? What am I creating? How am I, how can I be a better person? You know, how can I look in the mirror and be honest with myself? Like, how can I be a better husband? You know, how can I be a better friend? You know, Oh wow. You know, am I taking care of myself in the ways that I know how, what can I do to do that? And then when that happens again, if each person does the work necessary to heal themselves, to know themselves, to love themselves, that ultimately is what's going to really change the world. Dude, you got to speak outside in the sunlight more. There's just something that just charges you up. You're just like ready to rock and roll, bro. There's just glowing. like, just boom, you're uh, glowing and it's just crazy. All right, Joel, what do you think? What's your intuition telling you? Oh, first and foremost, I definitely echo everything that Erasmus has shared. You know, I mean, we can get so caught up in the minutia of it, but if we take a broader view, there's never been more distrust of Hollywood, never been more distrust of allopathic medicine, never been more distrust of, of vaccines, you know, from where we've come even just three, four years ago, in terms of are people awake to the nature of governments? Yes, they are definitely far more awake than what they have been. And to me, everything is always in balance. I think what we're going through now is almost like it's, 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 it's a big purge, you know, the detoxing process can be, can be incredibly painful, but I think it is reflective of how asleep we were and how deeply entrenched 
we allowed mm. this evil to take root based on our ignorance, based on the darkness that we were in. And right now, it's almost like this evil has nowhere to hide. So we're seeing it so easily on the surface. It has to come up out of the out of, out of the underground. It has to make desperate acts. It has to thrash its head around, you know, because it has no choice. It has to maintain control at all costs. And that's the nature of the psychopath. That's the nature of the narcissist. So for me, you know, I'm not saying that we, we, we're out of the woods by any means. It could still get a lot more painful, I don't think anything can stop the fact that this is being completely uprooted, um, you know, for a brighter and better future. Um, but to me, I always bring it back to the individual. And like Erasmus said, I think it's very, very, very important that each individual rides this wave and takes the necessary self-responsibility to empower themselves and that we just don't project onto the collective to save us. Like even with the whole, even with the whole trucker thing, as incredible as it was, if people were feel feeling disappointed afterwards, it's because ultimately you were projecting um, a solution and responsibility onto the collective. Whereas, you know, if if that, if that ended and you came back to your own life and you were still empowered, you were still positive, you were still authentic, you were still true to yourself, then there might not have been that um, feeling necessarily. So it's really important that. I think all the individuals have to be empowered in order for, you know, a collective solution to really take place. Like I mentioned before, to me, it has to be voluntarily. Yeah. And, and the inner, and the inner work needs to be done first and foremost. You know, if you do real shadow work, you know, if you get to know the dark aspects of yourself, the dark potential within yourself, the times that you've lied, you've cheated, the times where you feel like you can do something evil and dark towards someone, you're going to sniff out the darkness outside of you you know i'm able to to figure out where the people are lying or cheating or stealing in certain areas of my life because i know the part of me that can do yep. that you know i'm aware of that right. part and so again this is where this is where you have to have that inner strength in the constitution and the ability to contain opposites within you like i'm a loving caring kind person and i know the part of me that can fucking cut a motherfucker that can lie, that can shield, that cheat, that can, that can do some, that has done some yeah. fucked up shit in my life, you know? And so like, we can't just flip, ignore that. You know, we can't just repress it. Like you talked earlier about repression. We need to know ourselves. We need to understand that the universe lives within us. We have the capacity to do so many things. And the more we can hold space for that within us, we will ultimately have more compassion for others because we'll be able to understand that aspects of them lives within us and we won't be projecting on we won't be projecting these qualities onto them yeah. i just wanted to add that to what yeah and i mean think no, about it most people great. in the dark about what's actually going on you know they have they're, they're, they're not aware of the darkness within themselves you know they're, they're narcissists so to speak they think they're absolutely perfect they think everything's just a you know one seasoned reality um so yeah there's a huge correlation there for sure well, Joel, I was going to say that when you decide to write another song, it has to be Evil Has Nowhere to Hide. I mean, come on. Like, that's the one. That's the thing. Right. I love that. I evil love that. Evil Has Nowhere to Hide. That's, that's yeah. the new slogan. Hashtag <laughs> Evil Has Nowhere to Hide. Tyranny Has Nowhere to Hide. Trudeau Has Nowhere to Hide. And pick your yeah. tyrant. And yeah. don't forget about the inner tyrant. You know, get rid of that shit, too. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's always a great conversation. Um, we'll have to do it again soon. Please tell people where to find your amazing podcast and what you got coming up. Joel, you can go. Sure, man. Um, our podcast is Here for the Truth. You can find all our episodes at hereforthetruth.com. We were recently fully removed from YouTube, so that's our home for the time being. Um, five. Badge of honor. Thanks. Five. 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 
Erasmus and I, like as you might might have gathered, are huge proponents of empowering the individual. So um, what we offer is we've got an eight-week course called Rise Above the Herd, and we've just opened the doors for the fourth time, um, literally today. So people can head to riseabovetheherd.co if they're really serious about transformation, if they're really serious about self-responsibility, if they're really serious of pulling that unique thread of authenticity and not wasting their life and really discovering their potential, then that can be that can be a home for you and a place for you. And you might find some very interesting things on our page there at riseaboveheherd.co. We take 15 applicants only per run. Um, so yeah, if, if you're encouraged by what we've shared and you want real change, then I think we can help. Good, man. And good for you guys for doing this. I mean, just uh, starting it together and it's kicking off and you're doing great stuff. You're asking us, you got any interesting guests lined up or any topics that you want to tackle? Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Well, we're bringing one of my favorites, uh, Melissa Sell, back on for a third time to get deep into the subject of cancer. Um, oh, who great. else? We got we got Bernard Gunther and Laura Matsu coming on next week. Um, nice. Who else? Anyone else that um? Uh... We got Kauf, we got Kaufman coming on next month. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Get a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. Well, that's awesome, guys. I mean, I can't encourage you enough to keep doing what you're doing. And here we are. We're talking about Canadian truckers, but this is a global movement because we're a world. We're all human. We all felt this. We're all thinking the same thing. And I feel like we're all having the same conversations at this point. And that's yeah, important bro. to keep that going. So keep shining your light, boys. Keep putting I, I, that good I, information out. And, I just uh, want yeah, I want to add one last thing, too. And I sure. think we see this too often in the truth community and just in life in general is that people throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, like we can't, we're not going to agree on every single thing, you know, but the intention and the foundation of what we want, which is freedom and truth is there. And so I think anyone who's in the truth community, you can't just sit there and go, if one person says something that you don't agree with that, then you take their entire canon of work and everything they've said and just flush it down the toilet. You know, there needs to be discernment. There needs to be an openness. And again, this is where it comes back to where I talk about like health, open-mindedness, a nervous system that can like deal with when your beliefs are challenged. You know, can you hold space for your beliefs being challenged and to sit with the potential within you or with the part of you that's more vulnerable, which is maybe I'm wrong or I don't know. You know, and most people don't want to sit with or have the capacity to be vulnerable to that degree uh, to allow their beliefs to be challenged. And so uh, I just think that's really important for everyone, myself included, to just kind of to kind of highlight that, you know, because it's like I, I just hear it and I see it so much where it's like someone disagrees with something you say or, or, or some element of truth. And they're like, they're like, oh, they're controlled up. Fuck everything they say. Delete them, block them. And it's like, oh, my God, like, OK, maybe you don't agree with everything on the climate. But like this person has a lot of great things to offer and they're doing great things to help wake people up. So uh, we need to like stop hating on people so much that don't agree with every single thing that you believe in, because who who is who's out there? Like um, there's probably things Joel and I don't 100 percent agree with. There are things that you and I probably don't 100 percent agree with. And yet I have the deepest love for both of you. And here we are doing our thing and doing our part. So anyways, I just wanted to throw that in there again, because I think it's important. It is important. I mean, we have to be able to, especially when you're doing this kind of research, like uh, it's quite labyrinthine in the sense that you're going to have to study concepts, ideas, thinkers, uh, people who wrote his books on history or whatever, and they're going to come from different perspectives. They might even be opposed to each other at many points, but true genius is to be able to synthesize it and then 
add something that's uniquely your own. So that's what we're trying to do. That's what you guys are trying to do. That's why I love what you guys do and support your work and uh, keep doing it guys. That's awesome. And here for the truth.com. Everybody go yep. check you guys, check it out and we'll have to do this again sometime boys. Thanks for jumping on. For yeah, sure, man. Awesome. Are you going to say something? <laughs> I was going to say just quickly, you know, if people are looking for community as well, we have our private membership community too. And David's actually our guest expert in that community um, this month. And our members are going to get the chance to direct, to interact and um, chat with David directly. So if you're looking for community, if you're looking for like-minded support, we offer that too. And that's at friendsofthetruth.co, but you'll, you'll find it at our main website too. Just thought I'd throw that out there if anyone's interested. Great. That's awesome. You guys are doing all this great stuff and uh, thanks for what you're doing, boys. Keep it up. We'll stay in touch. I can't wait to jump on your exclusive chat there. That's going to be fun. And uh, thanks to everybody for joining into the show. I hope you enjoyed the film. Hope some of what we talked about inspired you. Keep letting that light shine. The truth is going to win. And uh, I'll catch you back here again on Wednesday for another edition of Truth Warrior. And as I said, I'm going to be uploading the full documentary so you can go and check it out and share it around. Let's get the word out. As they're having the conversation uh, about all these different things, get this information out as much as possible. Share it fearlessly, and uh, the truth will win in the end. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, boys. Catch Thank you, you next bro. time. Much love, Peace man. Here. Thank you. Same here. Peace out.